Uh, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. The uh, first part of Comparatus MR uh, instructs the Kaihanim that they're prohibited from coming in contact with the Tame Mace, as the Pasuk says, And of course, this is uh, limited to male Kohanim, it doesn't apply to female Kohanim, and there's the notable exception of the Shiva Krovim, of those seven close relatives uh, for which uh, Kohen is obligated to become Tame Mace, uh, father, mother, son, and daughter, brother, sister. Uh, and and the wife. But generally speaking, a kayin, with regards to all other individuals, a kayin is prohibited from coming, all male kohanim are prohibited from coming in contact with a tummy mace. And this includes uh, three kinds of interactions with a mace. The first is uh, tumas maga, which uh, is, uh, uh, involves touching the mace directly. Tumas masa, which is carrying the mace, even if one is not uh, touching the mace, there might be something in between. But uh, he's not directly touching the mace, but he's carrying the mace, the burden of the mace. Or oil mace, which is uh, either leaning over the mace or leaning underneath the mace. The mace is leaning over you. Uh, or, that's even if you're outside, or being found in the same room together with the mace. All of these three things, uh, three forms of uh, tumah, uh, and those two different types, variations of tumah oil, which we'll get into in a minute, uh, are all prohibited for the, for the kayin. What if the kayin, though, is, uh, is already tameh? Is he permitted to come in contact with additional mesim? So this is a machlekes hatanoim in the Brisa Masech Tzmachas again in the Talmud Yerushalmi. As we'll see, a machlekes hamayroim in the Gemara Masech Nazir. If you look over here, the Brisa Masech Tzmachas, the Gemara has this uh, machlekes in the Avur Rabasi, a kain who's tameh. So the Brisa says, if he's uh, if he's uh, became tameh to the tameh mace yesterday or two days ago. So, of course, it becomes seven days to uh, become tahar from a Tumas mace. So, if he became only tummy to the mace yesterday or two days ago, when he uh, becomes tummy to the mace today, he's going to add additional days, uh, you know, till, till the time that he'll become tahar. So, he's, as the Bryson calls it, being mice of Tumal Tumasai. If he would have only become tummy to the mace yesterday, it would be tummy six days from now. Now that he became tummy again today, he's going you know, to require an additional day. To become tahar. So if he's being mice of tumal tumasai, all of the tanoim agree that that's prohibited for the kain, even if though he's already tamay mace. Uh, by the by, the same token, to the other extreme, if the kain is holding on to the mace, the gemara is going to tell us in Masechtas Nazar what's known as tumah bechiburin. He's holding on to his karav, or he's holding on to one of his relatives who he's allowed to be matame for, and then uh, he comes in contact with additional mason so that he's not adding anything at all, and he's still holding on to his original mace tumah bechiburin. Certainly, the kain would not be. Chayv uh, in that situation. So to either extreme, either he was tummy to the mace yesterday or two days ago, or three days ago, in which case by becoming today, he's going to add additional days till he becomes tar. That's uh, clearly prohibited and we receive malchus. Or to the other extreme, which is uh, would not receive malchus, that everyone agrees also, is that if he's holding on to his original mace, and then he comes in contact with additional mace, and while he's still holding on to his original mace, it's known as Tumah B'chiburin, he's not adding anything, and then he would certainly not receive Malkus. What is a Machlaikas HaTanoim is if he became Tameh to the mace today, uh, and, but he's no longer holding on to the mace, he's Piresh. Can he become, uh, is he allowed or is he permitted, or will he receive Malkus if he comes in contact with an additional mace on that very same day? So here in the Mesech the Smochis, the Ovar Rabasi, the Gemara, the Bryce, of course, the opinion of Reb Tarfin is Mechaev, and the opinion of Reb Akiva is Poiter. Reb Akiva holds he will not receive Malkus for that because he's not being Moisif Tumal Tumasai. It would be the same amount of time until he becomes Tar. In the Talmud Yushalmi, there's the same Machlek as but there the opinions uh, are switched. Uh, there it's Reb Tarfin who's Poiter and Reb Akiva who's Mechaev. 
What difference does it make? It makes a big difference because the Gemara tells us in Masech this Erevin that Halacha Kerebekiva Mechavero. We pass on Kerebekiva whenever he disagrees with his contemporaries. So if we'll have the gears of the Talmud Yushalmi, so then we would have to pass on Kerebekiva that the Kohen is not allowed to come in contact with an additional mace even on that very same day when he became in contact with a mace earlier in the day. However, we're passing like the other Rabbosi, so then according to Rebekiva, he would be part or not to receive Malchus. This Machleg Satanoim which is two gear cells over here, how we should pask it in the other Rabbasi, the Talmud Yushalmi, appears in the Gemara Masech Des Nazis, the Amoroim. The Gemara, the Talmud Bavli doesn't have this uh, b'risa, but it has it as a Machleikas Amoroim between Rabbah and Rav Yosef. The opinion of Rabbah is that if the Kohen became Tomei earlier in that same day to a mace, he's not Chayv Malkus if he would come in contact with the additional mace on the very same day. And the opinion of Rav Yosef is that uh, it is uh, prohibited. Even on the very same day, he's not allowed to come in contact with an additional mace, even though he became in contact with the mace earlier in the day. How should we paskin in this machlekes hatanoim, which is really in Talmud Bavli, machlekes hamayroim? See, the opinion of the Rambam is uh, to paskin like the uh, Talmud Yushalmi's version of this machlekes hatanoim, like Rebbe Kiva, that is uh, mechaev. That a Kayin uh, who came in contact with a mace earlier in the day is, uh, will receive malchus if he comes in contact with a mace, an additional mace, even on that very same day. Unless, says the Ramam, of course, as the Gemara told us in Masechus Nazir, he's still holding on to the original mace. He's literally adding nothing uh, because uh, he's still holding on to the original mace. Was known as Tumah Bechiburin. Then he will not receive Malchus. But if he was Piresh, he left alone the original mace. He's, you know that ended, and then that very same day, he's not adding anything in terms of his time that it will take to become Tar. He still receives Malchus if he comes in contact with an additional mace. And the opinion of the Ravid is that we should paskin like the other version, like the Bryce and the Over Rabbasi, the Rebbe Kiva was the one who was pite there, and like, uh, like Rabba, whenever you make like Rabba and Rabbi Yosef, we paskin like Rabba. And therefore the opinion of the Ravid is that, uh, that the Kayin, if he comes in contact with the additional mace on that very same day, will not, uh, will not uh, receive Malchus, he's not being Moisif Tumal Tumasai. And then the Ravid adds, uh, in our times, in the end of here, Oizdaw, at the end of the third line, Vakahanam bismanazet me meisein, he says all of the Kaihanim nowadays are Tmei Mace. I'm not sure why he presumes that way, but all of the Kaihanim either came in contact with the Mace directly at some point or came in contact with, uh, with uh, something that was Tumei with the Tumas Mace. And says the rabbi, we're not practicing Tumah Vitara anyway now in our time, so he's not distancing himself from becoming Tahar or you know, making it further off in the future. He's not becoming Tahar anytime soon anyway. So the Ravid says that if a Kayin nowadays will become, uh, come in contact with the Tamei Mace, he's already Tamei, it's as if he was the equivalent, he became Tamei early in that same day, he would not receive Malchus for coming in contact with the Tamei Mace. That opinion of the Ravid is not a Das Yochid, it's also echoed by the Rabbeinu Tam, the Russian Hilchus Tumah, over here I say, quotes Rabbeinu Tam, that also passing the Rebbe Kiva and the Ava Rabbasi, that if a Kayin became uh, in contact with a Mace earlier in the day, he will not receive Malchus coming in contact with a Mace uh, later on in that same day, might be awesome, but he would not, uh, he would not receive Malchus. We pass, you know, in the Shulchan Aruch, like the Rambam, unequivocally, that if the Kayin uh, came in contact with a mace earlier in the day, he is, even if he's not adding anything, he's still prohibited from coming in contact with additional mason. But the Ravid held uh, either that he would not, uh, the Ravid and Rabbi Utam uh, disagree. What is the basis for this Machlekes Harishoyinim? What are they arguing about? So in the Chuvus of Dain Grosnas, who was a Dain from London, Chuvus Leif Aryeh, there's a beautiful explanation of this machleik between the Ramam and the Ravid, that they're arguing about perhaps what is the nature of the Isra of Tumas Kaihanim. Is the nature of the Isra of Tumas Kaihanim that the Kohen is not allowed to become Tomei? He, he's supposed to be Tahar. Uh, in which case, if the Kaihanim nowadays are already Tomei, or he became Tomei in that very same day, 
to a tummy mace, even though he's pirate, he's no longer holding on to the mace. But we'll come in contact with the additional mace, he's not being moist of tumal tumas, he's not distancing himself uh, further from becoming tar. So then, what has he added? Nothing substantial. So that's why the opinion of the Ravid was the prohibition of Tumas Kahanim is he's not allowed to become Tomei. Therefore, he's not adding being most of Tumal Tomoso. Certainly, in our times, if the Kahanim don't practice Tumavatara, he would not receive Malchus for coming in contact with an additional mace. However, Dan Grossa suggests perhaps the Ramam had a different perspective on what the nature of the Isra of Tumas Kahanim is all about. It is not a prohibition for the Kahanim to become Tomei, it's a prohibition for the Kahanim to come in proximity to a mace. To death. The Kayan is supposed to be separate from death. And here he is, the Kayan is coming in contact with death, with a Tomei Mace. So even though he, therefore, the Raman feels, even though he's not being Mace of Tumal Tomosai, he already came in contact with a Tomei Mace earlier in the same day. Or even in other times, the Kahanim don't practice the Serum of Tumavatara. Uh, nonetheless, it would still be also for the Kayan to come in contact with a Tomei Mace because he's coming uh, in proximity, encountering death, which is what the Kayan is prohibited from, uh, from, uh, from, from engaging in. Huh? I'm sorry? Oh, so we'll get to one second. Excellent. So actually, this is uh, punctuated, we'll get to Ori's point right now, but punctuated perhaps by the opinion of the Rambam, over here, Oizayim. The uh, Rambam tells us that a Kayan is, of course, permitted to come in contact with the Shiva Kravim, but as he's burying the Shiva Kravim, one of those seven close relatives, which he's obligated to be Metame himself, he should be careful not to come in contact with other Tamei Mesim at the same time. He can't start strolling around in the Beisach forest at the same time. Um, and therefore, the minig is to bury the Kohanim at the edge of the cemetery. This is based on the Bryce and the Avarabasi. So the Kesef Mishnah over there in Parag Beis, Halachatezvav, quotes from the Rosh and the Ramban, I'm sorry, I didn't give it to you, quotes from the Rosh and the Ramban, that this is only after the Kohanim has already buried his Karev. He has to be careful on his way out not to come in contact with additional Mason. So we bury the Kohanim towards the edge of the cemetery because he's allowed to be Matam, you know, to bury his mace. And even if he encounters other Mason while he's carrying his mace to be buried, so the Russian Rabban hold, he's adding nothing. That's literally Tuma Bechiburin. He's holding on to his mace. What's the problem with coming in contact with additional Mason? You're not adding anything. You're holding on to your original mace, which the Gemara said, if you're holding on to your original mace, and the Kohen comes in contact with additional Mason, he won't receive Malchus without a doubt. That was never a Machlekes. So the Russian Rabban say, you don't have to be concerned with the Kohen. You don't have to bury them on the edge of the cemetery because on their way to bury their Karov, they shouldn't come in contact with additional Mason. That they can do because he's holding on to his Karov. So he can come in contact with additional Mason. He's not adding anything. It's on the way out. Says the Russian Ramban that the Kayan that we bury, we have the Kayan has to be concerned that he shouldn't come in contact with the Mason on his way out because now he's no longer holding on to his original Karov. He's been buried already. And even though it's the same day, we said that the Kayanim should refrain from coming in contact with the additional Mason, even on that very same day, after he's no longer holding on to his original Mason. It's not Tumma Bechiburin. However, in the case of Mishnah claims that was the opinion of the Rambam too. However, uh, the Briskarov is Medaic in the language of the Rambam. Uh, and over here, the second, uh, the first line of Isaiah, the Rambam says, he says, "Lefichach also lekoyin litam lemeis, afigu beeish metam lekoyvav." The Rambam seems to imply, even when he's holding on to his karav, not only after he's done burying his karav, the Rambam seems to imply that's the way the Briskarov interpreted the Rambam. Even while he's holding on to his karav, it's tuma bechiburin. He's prohibited from coming in contact with additional mason, even though he's already encountering death. He's holding on to his karav. So one could have argued, even if you understood the Yisra of Thomas Kahanim, not that the Kayan is not prohibited from becoming Tomei, it's that he's not allowed to encounter death, or he's uh, prohibited from coming in proximity of a Tomei mace. Here he's, 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 in, you know, he's holding on to uh, his own mace. He's literally adding nothing in terms of the experience either. 
The Biskarav claims that the opinion of the Rambam was, even if he's holding on to his car of he's not allowed to come in contact with additional mason. Even though he's literally adding nothing, both in terms of the experience and in terms of Tuma, it's still prohibited. He's not supposed to come in contact with additional mason. Why? There's no Malchus, but it's still prohibited. So the Briskarov has a long explanation about why this should be prohibited if he's adding nothing, and that's what the whole piece in the Briskarov is about. But that's the way he understood uh, how he understood this Rambam, which would make sense according to the way uh, we're explaining it. Um, the Dian Grosnas claims that this Machlaikas, the Rambam and the Ravid, is the basis of the suffix of the Minchaschinok over here, Oizvav, where the Minchaschinok comments on the fact that, of course, with regards to resolving doubts, Sveikas and Halacha, as we're familiar with, in, in the area of Isavaheta, we resolve Sveikas with the general rule, Suffolk Deiraisa Lechumra, Suffolk Deirabana Lekula. If it's a matter that's Deiraisa, so then we go Lechumra, we have to be stringent. If it's a matter that's only Deirabana, we could be lenient. However, with regards to Tum of there's different rules about how to resolve Sveikas. It's derived from an unusual place, it's derived from Saita, which you would have thought is a matter of Issa Veheter, you know, whether the husband is permitted to his wife or not. However, the Pasuk in Parashas Nasa describes the Saita as Vinitma. She became Tome. So then it's, uh, it's unusual. But that's the source for the way to resolve Sveikas uh, with regards to Tuma Vitara, is based on the Parsha of Saita. And there the rule is that if it's a Savik Tuma Bishus Harabim, it's in a group of, uh, a large group of people, Savik Tuma Bishus Harabim is Tar. If it's in a small, you know, not a large group of people, it only affects this individual, so Suffolk Tumor, Bishus Hayochid, is Tomei. Huh? That's Tumor, which you see a whole separate. That's not a Suffolk. They knew it was Tomei. Here it's a Suffolk Tumor, Bishus Haram, is Tomei. Suffolk Tumor, Bishus Hayochid, is Tomei. So what should we say with regards to Tumas Kohanim? How do we resolve Sveikas and Tumas Kohanim? The Kohanim wants to enter into, you know, some, some area. He's not sure if there's a Tomei base there or not. So should we say, Suffolk to rise to the Chumra, like we would in all other areas of Isavahat, or should we say, no, Suffolk Tumor, Bishus Harabim, uh, is Tahar. So that's the Suffolk that the Minchaschino has, and the first mitzvah here in Parsha Sema, mitzvah Reish Shamakim. How should we resolve Sveikas of Tumas Kayanim? So Dain Grosnas claims this should uh, be dependent, hinge upon those two uh, possible uh, perspectives on the Isav Tumas Kayanim. If the Isav Tumas Kayanim is that the Kayan is not allowed to become Tomeh, like the Ravid perhaps understood it, um, so then it should be resolved, uh, you know, the case of doubt should be resolved, or uncertainty should be resolved in the manner in which it resolves uh, Sveikos with regards to Tumah. So Savik Tumah, Bishus Harabim, would be Tahar, and therefore it would be permitted for the client to enter into that area. However, if, uh, like the Rambam seems to have understood, it has nothing to do with the kind becoming Tomei. Even if he's not being most of Tumal Tomas, we don't practice Tumal Batar in our times, or even if the kind was already Tomei to a Tomei mace in the early end of the day, perhaps, according to the Brisk Rav, even if he's still holding on to his mace, he's not allowed to come in contact with additional Mason, it's because he's supposed to distance himself from encountering death for being in proximity of a Tomei mace. So if that's the case, so then perhaps it's not a matter, we shouldn't resolve uh, uncertainties in the area of Tumas Kahanim based on the rules of how we resolve Tumas Vitara. It's not a matter of Tumas Vitara. This is a matter of Isavahetar. It has nothing to do with the coin becoming Tomei, and therefore perhaps uh, we should resolve it with the old rule of Safek de Raisa Lechumar, Safek de Rabbanon Lekula. This, um, we seem to pass like the Rambam, in Shulchan Aruch, the Kayan, even if it became Tomei earlier in the day, to Tomei Mace, or even in our times, we don't practice Tumas Vitara. Is prohibited from coming in contact with another Tumemes, according to the Rambam, would even receive Malkus for that, um, because the nature of this of Tumas Kahanim is not to increase Tumah, but to distance the, the Kayan is supposed to be Tar, it's that he has to distance himself from being in proximity of a Tumemes. That might help us understand Sveik uh, Sveik of the Reikeach. The Magan Avram over here, Oisches, quotes from the Shach in Hilchas uh, Avelos, who quotes the Reikeach. 
who discusses a uh, wife of a Kayin who's pregnant. Of course, a wife of a Kayin is not prohibited from coming in contact with Tamemes, but she's pregnant, and maybe her child will be a Zachar, will be a male. And that child is prohibited from coming in contact with Tamemes, even though he's not Higiel Chinuch. Um, but the Pasuk tells at the beginning of this week's parasha, Emer al-Kohanim v'amart you should say to the Kohanim, saying to them, and the Gemara says, Mesech l'siyavamis, why does the Pasuk say, you know, the word Omar twice? You should say to the Kohanim, saying to them, l'hazer g'dayim l'al-Kohanim, to warn the adults about uh, being metame, the children, even if they're loy higil l'chinuch, mitzvahs is prohibited for an adult to deliberately or knowingly be, uh, allow uh, a child to become tummy, even, uh, even a baby to become tummy. So over here, the Rakech is discussing a wife of a kohen uh, who might be pregnant with a male kohen. Uh, is she prohibited from being in a Beisach forest or prohibited from being in, a, in an area where there's a Tmei Meis? Some of the meaning that all pregnant women uh, don't go into a Beisach forest into that's, an area of Tmei Meis because of Ayin Hara. That's yeah. business. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So, and I don't, I don't have such a minig, but, but I, it seems to be the Rakeach didn't have such a minig either, because the Rakeach was only concerned with uh, Tumas Kehanim. So the Rakeach says, but perhaps, you know, what should be the status of this wife of a kind who's pregnant with, you know, we, they, in those days they didn't know whether it was a male or a female. Is she prohibited from being in a basic forest or in a Tmei So the Rakeach said a Sveik Sveika. What's a Sveik Sveika? Suffolk, number one, maybe it's a, uh, maybe it's a Zafa, maybe it's an Akeva. Maybe it's a male, maybe it's a female. It's a female. It's not prohibited from coming in contact with Tmei Meis. And even if it's a male, maybe it's a Nafel. Maybe the child is, uh, is not going to be a viable fetus. 10 to 20% of all pregnancies end in miscarriage. So, okay, maybe, it, maybe it's a Nafel. So Sveik Sveika, so that the Rakech allowed her to, come, uh, to go into the Beisach Forest to come in contact with the Tmei Meis. In our times, this becomes more complicated. Because, of course, we can resolve this fake sveika with a sonogram. So, you know, maybe you have an obligation to resolve this fake sveika. It's much like the shach and the Ramon Yerdea. If we have a fake sveika, do we have to try and resolve it? And we would uh, t- tend to be machmer on that. Do we have to try, attempt to resolve a fake sveika if we have the possibility of doing so? So maybe the wife of a kohen has an obligation to take a sonogram, an obligation to find out whether she's... activity of an ultrasound? They make mistakes? Whether it's a Zachar and a Kema? Usually not today. Usually not. Does it become Tome because Yerachim? Huh? Does it become Tome is inside? Ah, very good, very good, very good, okay. So maybe you have an obligation to resolve it, and if you do, then perhaps the wife would have an obligation not to be in a, in a Beisak forest or in an area where there's a Tamei Mace, if she did resolve it. And there are some who say like that, that now you have to resolve it, and if she finds that it's a Zach, she's not allowed uh, to be there. However, the Achroinim all ask on this uh, opinion of the Reikeach, and that's the Kashan, the Magen Avram already asked. He says, we have a principle in the Mishnah Mikvos, it also appears in the Gemara Sechus, that called the Tahara Blua, if a person uh, swallows a ring, and the ring is Tahar, and then he enters into an oil mace, into a, a room where there's a Tmei Mace. So he becomes Tmei Mace, but if he later, um, uh, he later throws up, or he emits somehow this ring, the ring remains Tahar. The ring is tar. Why should the ring be tar? It was only inside of him and he became Tamei Meis. Sigmar assumes that there's what's called Tahara Blua. Since it was, in, uh, it, was, uh, it was swallowed within him, it can't become, uh, it, that saves it, protects it from becoming Tamei. So says, so, so too says the Magen Avram over here in the second line of Oishchez, the, 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 the fetus is inside of the mother, even though the mother became Tamei, being in a basic force, being in a Oishchez, she should protect the child, the fetus, from becoming a uh, Tameh. 
So therefore, the Radvaz understood this Rakech entirely differently, and that's how it appears in the side of Shulchan Aruch. There's a commentary in the Yeridea called the Nesiv Chaim, and that's how the Radvaz understood it, that's how the Nesiv Chaim understood it, that's how many contemporary Paiskim understood the Rakech, the Vosner has like this, the Zamanachem Goldberg, then no, the Rakech was concerned with something else. The Rakech was concerned, of course, when the fetus is inside of the mother, is protected from Tumma and cannot become Tummy. We're not, we're not being prohibited for her to enter to know Mason. Even if she had a sonogram and she found that it was a baby boy, it would still be permitted. What was the Rekach concerned with? A woman in her ninth month might give, uh, go into labor at any moment. So then the baby might be born uh, in an oil Mason. Because the, the time might become of the essence, might, might not be able to leave. So it was in that instance, even there, the Rekach said we could be Mako based on the Sveik Sveika. Maybe it's in a Keva. And even if it's a zakhar, maybe uh, it's an afel. However, uh, certainly before the woman is, you know, is imminently going to give birth, or we would pre- presume she's going to give birth, it would be permitted for the woman to be in an oil mace, even if we know. Huh? It's probably why it's not tumah balua, because the access to having the babies is not really tumah balua. No, it is tumah balua, Kozman. Kozman, she's pregnant. But we, she might give birth at any moment. So that was the fear. And that's why many parts of Mameko, even if she finds out that it's a boy, to continue to go into the oil mace. However... There is a different explanation of this Rekeach that's found by Rabbi Hanan in the Kovish Shurim, and it's a little bit uh, earlier by Rabbi Chaim Moiser, already in the Truvis Achiezer, where they both offer the same explanation for the Rekeach. No, they argue the Rekeach is arguing the following, that of course, vis-a-vis Hilchus Tumah, as long as the uh, fetus is contained with inside of the mother, um, it's Tahara Blua. And even if you'll say, well, maybe it's not even a separate item from the... Maybe Tower Blue only applies a ring that's ingested inside of a human being. That's something separate inside of me. Here, maybe the Uber is part of the mother. But Vita, even if it's part of the mother, so the mother is in a cava. Even if it's a limb of the mother, it's not, a, you know, a B inside of A. It's, it's part of A. It's part of the mother. It's not something inside of something else. It's part of the mother. The mother's in a cava. She's not prohibited from coming in contact with Tommy Mace. You're right, we could offer many reasons why the Uber is not Tomei. Either it's part of the mother, it's a limb of the mother, the mother's in a cava, or maybe it's inside of the mother, in which case it's Tahara Blua. However, it still might be considered um, coming in contact, in proximity with a Tomei Mace, coming in proximity of death, even though it's not becoming Tomei, it still might be a problem. Uh, as the Ram understood, the nature of this of Tomei's kind has nothing to do with becoming Tomei, it has to do with coming in proximity of a Mace. And that's why there are many who are still, some who are still Machmer, with regards to this issue, that if you uh, maybe have an obligation to resolve this fake sake, and even if you and if you resolve it, it turns out to be a zakhar, uh, might prohibit it uh, from coming in uh, in the Beisach forest or coming in contact uh, with the Tamei Mace. Perhaps that's what the Rekech was driving at. Not that it's an Iser of, uh, to become Tamei, even though they're sure the fetus is Tahar, however, it might be considered coming in contact with the Tamei Mace. Rebbe Chana goes on to suggest that perhaps that's the Pshat over here, in a Sif and Shulchan Aruch, over here, Oisiyod, the Shulchan Aruch says, Asli kanez goises. A kain is prohibited from entering into a uh, hospital room where there's a goises. A person already, the process of death has already begun. It's in the throes of death. Death is imminent. On the doorstep, is prohibited from coming in contact with a goises. Why a goises is still alive? The, the, the Shulchan Aruch says, A goises kechayhu l'chol dvarov. He's considered to be alive. Why then is the kind prohibited from coming in contact with the Gaises? The Ramah quote says, Yesh Matirim, but then he says, Toiv Lahachmer. So we most probably would have interpreted this Shulchan Arach that it's because the Gaises might die at any moment, as we've already explained. So maybe, uh, you know, in order to prevent that, uh, 
that uh, situation from the kind getting trapped in a room with a tamei base shouldn't come in contact with the geysis at all. However, Bokhanan suggests, no, perhaps it's because even though a geysis kechai hula chol he's still alive, since already the word death is on the doorstep, that's like his karvus alameis. That's perhaps coming in proximity in the, you know, uh, to the mace. With the mace, even though the geysis is not tamei mace yet uh, at all, that might still be considered the proximity of the mace. Might, that's perhaps why the Shulchanarch and the Ramah are machmer on that issue of the geysis. This might also, this perspective on Hilchas Tumas Kohanim might help us understand the very difficult Rabbeinu Tam, which we'll see is going to become relevant with regards to the Kohanim in medical school. The Taisus over here, Mesef Tzuksub, is quotes another Brisa from the Yavar Rabasi, uh, over here, Oisid Aleph, that makes an equation between the Tumas that a Nazir is prohibited uh, from encountering and the Tumas that a Kohen is prohibited uh, from encountering. Um, from encountering. If it's a tuma that uh, would not require the Nazir to shave all of his hair, then uh, similarly a kain is permitted to come in contact with that tuma. And presumably the equation would go in the reverse. If it's a tuma that the Nazir is that of course would be a tuma that the kain is Muzarale. So Rabbeinu Tam had a kash on this of a rabasi from the Revius of Dam. Revius of Dam, a kain is prohibited from coming in contact with the Kazais Menames and Etzim Kisaira bones, even if it's not a full uh, cadaver. And Dam in the Shia of a, a Revius, a kain is prohibited from coming in contact with the Revius of Dam. However, the Gemara says in Nazir, a Nazir is permitted to coming in contact with the Revius of Dam. So that seems to contradict this, uh, this uh, equation that was drawn by the, this relationship that was drawn by the other Rabbasi. So therefore, Rabbeinu Tam claims the whole Bryce says Mishubeshtahi. It's a mistake. And in fact, if you look in our versions of the other Rabbasi, I don't believe you'll find this uh, statement that, uh, that equates the Isra of Tumas Kahanim with those Tumas that Anazir is Megaleach. Based on, perhaps on the argument of Rabbeinu Tam, it's a Girsa Mishubeshtahi. However, uh, and because of that, Rabbeinu Tam resolved another discrepancy. Because the Gemara says in Masech does Nazir, at least with regards to Nazir, that Cherev Hareu Kechol. The Pasuk says in Parashas Chukas, Lo Yigal Pnei Asad, Kol Sher Yigal Pnei Asadeh, Becherev O Bechalol, O Be'etzem, Adam O Bekaver, Yitma Shivas Yamim. If a person will come in contact with either a sword or a corpse, he'll be Tameh for seven days. Why does it say Bechalol Cherev O Bemeis? Why is the sword... Is he telling me seven days? What is it coming to teach me about the sword? So the Gemara says it's to teach us Cherev The Cherev, the sword, which killed the corpse, has the same status as the corpse. Usually, with regards to Hilchus Tumah, Vitara, a person comes in contact with, let's say, a mace. Mace is, you know, Avia Voisa Tumah, the grandfather of all the Tumah. So then a person who comes in contact with the Tumah mace becomes an Ava Tumah. If I kind of tell, you know, touch somebody else, he becomes a regional tumma. It decreases in severity, in intensity, with every time that it's transferred from one person to the next or from one item to the next. However, there are two exceptions to that rule, that it decreases in severity and intensity when it gets transferred from one to the next. The first is, if it's tumma bechiburin, if I'm holding on like electricity that I can conduct, if I'm holding on to the tumay mace, and, if, and, uh, and I touch Reuven, so then, I'm an avatuma. The tmei meis is the avia voice. I become an avatuma. Uh, so he should have been. If I would no longer holding on to the mace, he would be a rishon tuma. If I'm holding on to the mace, I conduct the tuma. He becomes an avatuma as well. It conducts straight through. But, oh, but another exception to that rule is also If I have a metal utensil, just like metal conducts electricity, metal conducts tuma as well. A metal utensil 
that became to Mace was in proximity to the Mace, either touched the Mace, carried the Mace, or was in the oil Mace. So that metal utensil becomes like the Mace itself, becomes an Avi Avaisatuma, and someone who touches this sword, even though it's no longer touching and you know in contact with the Mace itself, the source of the Tuma, he will become an Avatuma. So if, let's say this, uh, you know, this would be a metal utensil or a person's watch was in an oil habes, um, that becomes like the Avia whoever touches that watch will now become an Avatuma. It conducts the Tuma and it's like it takes on the qualities of the mace itself. So therefore, the Gemara says, any metal? Any metal, yeah. Any metal. Ah, I don't know. I don't think we derive from Tfilas Kalim with the aluminum shower. No, no, in general. Yeah, 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 right, that's a good point. Yeah, 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 very good point. Excellent. So the Gemara says, Mesechtas Nazar, this applies with regards to those Tumah that are Nazar's Megalechale, that he's not only Muzar, he's not only uh, would uh, shave all of his hair from coming in contact with a mace directly, also a Cherif Arehu Kachalal, if he came in contact with the sword that killed the corpse, or any uh, metal utensil that was in contact with the mace and takes on the status of the mace as well, uh, he would be uh, prohib- he would be, be required to shave all of his hair from coming in contact with a Cherif Arehu Kachalal. So if that's the case, one minute, so then should that apply to Kahanim too? So the uh, Ramban over here, Masechus Baba Basar, quotes the Reb Chaim Kohn, one of the Balei Taisvis, asked Rabbeinu Tam, he said, Eza I-, I can't walk into any house. Every house presumably has some watch, some utensil, some pair of keys, some metal, something or other, that was in contact with the uh, Tamemes. And therefore, that's like the mace itself. It's like the Aviyah Vaisa Tumah, the mouth of a kind cake coming into the Cherva He can't walk into any house. So Rabbeinu Tam told him, don't worry, it's not a problem. Even though a Nazir is migaleach for chervareu kechalal, a coin is not muzar on the chervareu kechalal. That equation of the Avarabasi that equates the two, that relationship is a mistake. They're really not the same. But Raya is, Ravias of Dam, a Nazir is not, uh, you know, not concerned with, a coin is muzar. So so too, chervareu kechalal goes in the other direction. Chervareu kechalal is a problem for the Nazir, and it's not a problem for the coin. Permitted. The Ramban himself disagrees with Rabbeinu Tam, and he holds a Kayan is prohibited from coming in contact with a Cherv Areu Ah, what about the discrepancy with regards to Dom? So the Ramban says, no, no, there's no, there's no problem here. A Nazir, even though he's not Megaleach for a Revius of Dom, he is Megaleach for a Loig of Dom, for a greater volume of blood. So all the Bryce that Abba Rabbasi meant to say is those items for which a Kayan could be Muzhar, a Nazir also is Megaleach. It might be a different volume. A kind of Muzar and a Revius of Dam, a Nazir is Megaleach on a Leg of Dam, but they both share all the items are the same. That's all I meant to say. The items are the same. The manner in which they actually function might be different. One is a Revius, one is a Leg. Oh, but the Ramban claimed that a kind is Muzar and a Chev It's two opinions in Shulchan Aruch, surprisingly. Um, but we are Mako. We are Mako, like the Rabbeinu Tam. That a coin is not muzar, and a chevarei kachal is permitted to come in contact with a metal utensil that was in uh, oil or mace or came in contact with a mace. Yeah. How does your answer the uh, It's difficult. Yeah. It's opinion. One opinion Shulchan Aruch is a coin is muzar and a chevarei kachal. So have to be careful not to come in contact. Doesn't dissipate. There's a machlek. Further machlek. So we shine him as a chevarei kachal itself only matami b'mag and masa not b'oil, or maybe it's even matami b'oil. We don't, thankfully, we don't pass like the Ramban. We pass like Rabbeinu Tam. That a coin is not Muzan a Chavarei But let's just deal with the Rabbeinu Tam himself. Rabbeinu Tam, though, again, said that the equation, the relationship between a Nazir and a coin is not the same. You know, they don't have the same standards. They're different one from the other. 
Fine. What's the raya? Kain is muzan revius of dam. Nazir is not. So too goes in the other direction. A nazir is muzan chavrei A kain is not. But I ask you, which is more chomer? That you know, which is more severe? It seems to be, you know, speaking out of both sides of his mouth. Does nazir have more restrictions than the kain? He's muzan chavrei kachal. The kain's not. Or is the kain have more restrictions than the nazir? He's muzan revius of dam, and the kain and the nazir is not. So the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam is confusing. So I believe that perhaps what Rabbeinu Tam might be hinting at is that, no, they have two different definitions. The prohibition of a nazir, or for those tumors which a nazir would be required to shave all his hair, has to do with the severity of tumor. So, so, so Chavar, Reu Kachor, has the same severity of tumor as the mace itself. Oh, so a nazir would be galea for Chavar, Reu Kachor. A kain is not... Uh, Obligated not to become tame mace or to acquire a severity of tuma. It has to do with coming in proximity of death, coming in proximity of a tame mace. So kavarei kachalo for all of its uh, you know properties of conducting tuma, it has the status of the mace itself. It, Lamaisa is still very distant from death. It has no proximity to the tame mace to the mace itself. So therefore, even though kavarei kachalo has the status or you know the intensity of tumah as the mace itself, it is not considered to be coming in proximity with the mace. Okay. So nazir and kain, not one is more chomer than the other. They have two entirely different de- definitions, and that's why chavarei kachol would not apply. Uh, would not be a problem for the kain, huh? That's, that's my suggestion. Never saw it anywhere else. But perhaps uh, that's why a kain is not prohibited from coming in contact with chavarei kachol. It's distant from the from the tamei mace. Oh. So it doesn't make so, sense at all. Huh? The bride, the, the, so that's the consistent. So we pass consistent with the fact that we pass. Right. Yeah. 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 No. Others suggest that's why the kain is not moving. It's my suggestion, Rabbeinu Tam. Oh. So over here, coming back. So according to uh, we pass like a Rambam that a kain uh, nature of the of Tumas Khan is not to become tame again or to deepen his tuma. It's rather that he's not allowed to become a proximity of a mace. And therefore, even if he became tame to a mace already, even in that same day, perhaps even if he's still holding on to his mace. He's prepared for coming in contact with additional mesim. Um, uh, and for that very same reason, a kain perhaps is not muzar on the chavar reu kachalo and had to have the intensity of Tumas mace was not considered to be coming in proximity of the, of the mace. Uh, so then what about over here uh, with regards to kohanim who want to attend medical school, even though they're already tame, um, but they're coming in contact with additional mesim. Going even into the hospital. Oh, even into the hospital. Yeah, you're right. So what can we do? He's coming kind of additional mason. So maybe you'll say, well, the Kayan, it won't help for visiting the hospital, but the Kayan who wants to learn uh, medicine, and what's the problem? We should just explain. Every medical uh, school has an anatomy class. That's one of the most important experiences of learning medicine, is anatomy, is the dissecting the body. So there are 3D uh, virtual anatomy classes, but those have been frowned upon, as Marty already grimaced when I even mentioned it, have been frowned, have not been uh, adopted over here by most medical schools, because there's still, people still, there's tremendous value in uh, engaging in, in the anatomy class, the dissection uh, yourself, hands-on. So, uh, so what about uh, attending medical school? So there were those who suggested that perhaps, well, it's pikuach nefesh, because you'll save, the doctor will save lives in the future. So Rav Moshe dismisses this in a way which, I, you know, I rarely see Rav Moshe use this kind of language over here, Oisir Dawid. Rav Moshe writes, he saw in one contrast that uh, someone said a kind should be permitted to attend medical school because he's going to save lives. So he says, uh, on the second line, Zehu shtus vehevel shonitin lebar das lemerklau. 
person of any intelligence could never have suggested such a such a such a proposition. Wow, that's 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 an intense language for Ramosha. And then Ramosha says he makes the Ramosha says, but he has to respond because someone printed this. So Ramosha says that there's no obligation for a person to learn medicine in order to save lives. If you know medicine, there's an obligation to save lives. But there's no obligation to learn medicine in order to save lives. Ramosha compares it to a person who gives stuck. There's no obligation to work, uh, you know, beyond retirement in order to have extra resources to give to stuka. If a person has resources, he has to give a part of it to stuka. There's no obligation to work in order to acquire wealth to distribute for tzedakah. Similarly, Ramayusha argues there's no obligation to learn medicine in order to heal people. If you know medicine, you have an obligation to heal. However, at least with the, so, so it seems to be with a significant hurdle to overcome in order to allow a coin to attend medical school. And there were many Paiskim who prohibited it. There might be, in Chutzlar, the situation might be a little bit better than Eretz Yisrael because the Gemara tells us over here, Mesech Yivamis, the opinion of Shimon Bayochai was that may say, because the Pesach says in Parashat Shkukas, uh, if a person will die in a tent, they're not considered to be Adam and therefore excluded from Tumas Oihel. They are included, Ravina says, even though they are included, uh, excluded from Tumas Oihel, they are included in Tumas Magavamasa. You can't touch or carry even Mesei uh, Akum, but they perhaps might be excluded from Tumas Oihel. However, Titus there quotes that was the opinion of Shimba Yochai, but Shimon Gamliel disagreed. In the mission of Mesech Tzahos, it agrees even to Mesei Akum and Matami Ba'oyo. How should we pass like Rav Shim Ba'yochai, like Rav Shim Ba'yamliyo? So Rav HaVishonim passed like Rav Shim Ba'yochai, and that's the way it appears in Shulchan Aruch. Um, I'm sorry, passed like Rav Shim Ba'yochai, that's the opinion of the Ram, Rav HaVishonim. And however, Tais is passing here like Rav Shim Ba'yamliyo. So it says in Shulchan Aruch, it sounds like Me'ikra Adin is permitted, but nochon lizayr hakoyin milaylech halem. Over here, it's designed. It's it's a proper for the kohen to prevent himself or to avoid these kinds of situations. Similarly, says the Ramah, even though there are those who are mekel, the Rambam and Rav Rishonim who pass on Yerushim Bayochai, nochon lahachmir. It's the proper thing to be machmir. So the Dagomer Vava, that's the Noid of Yehuda, in his comments in the Shulchan Aruch said, no, but we can over here already make a sveik sveika. What's a sveik sveika? Maybe the halacha is. That may say Akum and Atma Tami Boyo. Machlekes, Roshim Bayochai, Roshim Gamliel, Rova Rishonim passing the Natma Tami Boyo, Taisus passing the Amma Tami Boyo. It's two opinions. It sounds like it's, you know, Shokhanak Meeker didn't pass into the Kula, but he says Nachum Lizayer. So, okay, that's one, one suffix. And well, well, what about the Ravid? The Ravid held, oh, since we don't practice Tumah Batar in our times, the Kayan is not adding any additional Tumah uh, to, uh, to what he's already Tame. So the rabbit held uh, the, the kain uh, perhaps permitted to become in contact with the main mason in our times. And even though we passing like the Rambam, that the kain is prohibited from coming in contact with additional mason, it should be a sveik sveika. Maybe the halacha is like the rabbit, and even if it's like the Rambam, maybe there's no tumas oil when it comes to mesei akum. That was a sveik sveik of the dogmer vava. So he says over here though on the third line uh, that afterwards, after he issued this uh, psak, he says misha writes. He said whoever wants to rely on this ain't mechabiyada. Then he retracted the psak. So in the Chuvas of the Chsam Seifer that's quoted by the Pesachai Chuvah, he says the Chsam Seifer, of course, was 50 years younger than the Night of Yehuda. The Night of Yehuda was the Gadol Ador before the Chsam Seifer. He lived in Prague. Chsam Seifer grew up in Pressburg, later became... Uh, uh, later, he grew up in Germany. He later grew up in Pressburg. He grew up in Frankfurt, where he was a time of Nassim Adler, but he was 50 years younger than the Night of Yehuda. But he says he met the Night of Yehuda on occasion. 
So one of the occasions he met the Noid Yehuda was he was traveling with his Rebbe of Nassim Adler, and they stopped in Prague in order to discuss this issue with the Noid Yehuda, where Rav Nassim Adler showed the Noid Yehuda that in the Tmim Deim from the Ravid, that's another one of the Ravid's writings, it's unclear if he wrote this after Zasagas on the Rambam, or before the Asagas and the Rambam, so it's hard to know where this fits in the timeline of the thinking of the Ravid. However, the Ravid writes in the Tamim Deim, even though a Kayan would not receive Malchus for coming in contact with additional Mesim, it is not permitted. He would not receive Malchus, but it's not permitted. So because of that, the Noyed Behuda retracted his, uh, his Heter. Okay, so there's no Sveik Sveika perhaps in our times. However, because even the Ravid would agree, even though there's no additional Malchus for a Kayan coming in contact with Tamim Mesim, uh, it's still not uh, permitted. However, since it sounds like Me'ikra didn't make for a client to come, uh, you know, at least in the Ayala Mace, even though he's not touching the Mace or carrying the Mace, would certainly be prohibited. But coming in the oil of Mace Ayakum would be permitted. Uh, Me'ikra didn't be passing this permitted, just as Shokhan said, Nachum Lizar, Nachum Achmir. It sounds like Me'ikra didn't would be allowed. So based on that, Ramesha writes in the Igris Maisha that uh, we could, um, uh, that let's say a person needs medical treatment and needs to go in a hospital. So even though there's mesim in the corridors and the tumah can travel throughout the hospital, Ramayusha said, even if the person is not a chayosh yeish bosakana, where his life is in danger, of course he could violate tumas kahanan. But uh, even if he's a chayosh ein bosakana, so it says, nachan lizoher, nachan laachmer, but Ramayusha said, certainly in that situation we'll be allowed to enter the hospital. Ramayusha says, even to be mavakar chayla, which is a mitzvah, Ramayusha says, there's sufficient reason to allow a person to enter into an oil which has Mesei Akum in it, because Me'ikar Adin, we pass in Mesei Akum and not Metami Bo'el, even though it's Nachal Nizar, Nachal Hachmir, if it's a Shatzad Chak, or it's Mimokah Mitzvah, so then uh, Ramosha, Ramosha allowed it. I Particularly... I used to have Yaakov the Shaila. Yeah. And my grandfather's in the hospital then. Yeah. Because the answer was Fazay to Megvin. Before the grandfather allowed. The grandfather allowed. Okay, same, same. It must be based on the same sack. It wasn't a blanket, yes. It must be a similar sack. There is a difference. Ramaisha, though, Rabbi Felder and his Sefer Yisrael, they smoke his quotes from Ramaisha, even though it might be permitted for the Kayan under duress, to, or, you know, when, when he need to enter into the Ayala Mace, perhaps there's a difference between uh, entering into the Ayala Mace and leaning over the Mace itself. Because over here, the, the price game over here, Oisit Zayn Sefer Pesach quotes from the Nesivis, which is already brought down by his son in law. The, of the Nesivis, that the Nesivis held, even those who are Mahmoud, the Kayin should not enter into the Ayurah Mace, that's, uh, that's only if he's leaning over the Mace or leaning under the Mace. But to be in the same room with the Mace, that everyone would agree was permitted. Even Shemigamuyo might be Maskim there. Why? Because they're derived from two different Sukim. Leaning over the Mace, or underneath the Mace, is derived from a Pasuk of Koasher Yigal Pnei They might have the status of touching the Mace. Leaning over the Mace, or leaning under the Mace, so that might have the status of touching the mace is derived from a different pasuk than being in the same tent, the same room with the mace. Being in the same room with the mace, that's derived from the pasuk of Parashas Chukas. Maybe everyone agrees that mace Yakum are excluded from that. So being in the same room with the mace might be of less severity even than leaning over the mace, leaning under the mace. Maybe there everyone would have held that, that uh, there is an exclusion from mace Yakum. So therefore, Ramayusha held when in need, a person could enter into the Oyo HaMais, as long as uh, Rabbi Felder there, and he said, they smuggled, quotes Ramayusha, that it's best if he not lean over the mace, lean under the mace. So one could make the argument, this Ramayusha does not make this, but one could make the argument, and there are some Paiskim who do in our time, that according to attend medical school in Chutzlaretz, as long as he can, will be in the anatomy class, and he doesn't have to touch the mace or carry the mace, or he should attempt also not to lean over the mace and lean under the mace, but he'll be there observing... 
and allow other people to do those uh, those parts. Uh, so even though he's in the oil hames, he's in a room with the mace, a room that's connected to a room with the mace. Maybe when it's with regards to Mesei Akum and there's a need here, maybe the mitzvah of learning medicine, even if it's not pikuach nefesh to learn medicine, maybe it's a mitzvah to learn medicine in order to heal people, so that might be sufficient cause to, uh, you know, sufficient grounds to allow, allow him to learn medicine. I have heard me, Pia Shmua, different people went to Ramesha, Kohanim, and came out with some heter to attend medical school. I never received exactly what was described there, but, uh, but I presume it was something along these lines. If it's Mesei Akum, and you're not leaning over the mace or under the mace, you're not touching the mace, you can somehow negotiate anatomy class in that fashion, that might be allowed. In, in Eretz Yisrael, with the mason, the cadavers are, are Jews, so of course it's much more complicated, and that's why they've, I think they're at the forefront of these virtual anatomy classes, because there's really no other way, uh, no other way to, uh, to negotiate it. Okay.